Welcome to the Content Consulting Podcast, bringing together wisdom, leadership, and consulting. My name is Samantha Tadi, and I'm an intergenerational consultant with the Conscious Consulting Group. Today, we will be delving into the topic of intergenerational communication and take a closer look at the prejudices that exist nowadays between generations. Intergenerational cooperation and understanding have become a huge challenge for organizations worldwide. That is why, together with my guests, Julia Wuster and Birgit Beck, who have over 40 years of experience in people and culture combined, we explore what it requires to build bridges between generations and what are the secrets to good communication, and especially what can happen when we choose to connect and not to divide. Julia lives and works in Aachen, Germany, and has more than 15 years of experience in human resource functions in international companies. She's a coach and systemic consultant with a deep interest in personal development and leadership. Birgit lives and works in Vienna. She has over 25 years of experience as head of people and culture in a large multinational, and we're so glad to welcome her among the CCG experts with her knowledge and expertise. But before I give away too much, I would like to hand over to our experts themselves and give them a moment to tell us a little bit more about themselves. Now, Birgit, would you be so kind to start us off? Absolutely. Thank you, Samantha. Yeah, so as you said, I have more than 25 years of experience, always in the area of HR, people and culture. And this sounds tremendously long, but it's really what is still exciting me. Yeah, so I'm very close to working with people and for people. And it's really always been a motivation for me to help others to become stronger. Yeah. Um, and this is why also like the, I like the topic of today so much, intergenerational communication, because at the end of the day, it's always about communication, whether it's verbal or nonverbal, but communication has such a massive impact on how things are going, how people are feeling. Um, and of course, over the 25 years, I myself went already through various stages of generations. And I'm now definitely not amongst the younger generation anymore. And from that perspective, it's also hugely interesting to dig a bit deep, deeper today. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Birgit. And then we also have Julia as a guest. Julia, please be so kind. Enlighten yeah. us. Very happy to be here. Thank you, Samantha, for the introduction. Happy to be together with you, Birgit, here. Um, yeah, also, as said, I have 15 years of experience working um, in Germany and abroad, which also is an influence not only on generations, but in communication in general. And that I also think it's it's very interesting to not just look on generation, but as Birgit said, communication is everywhere between companies between um, countries it might be different um, for generations but yeah let's see what what we find out and, and discuss together here so I'm looking forward to today me too me too so the reason why we chose inter intergenerational communication as we've already mentioned is that I personally as well have a huge huge interest in that area I'm actually an intergenerational consultant um, to also give you a little bit of an idea who is your host today, I work a lot with youth in various formats. And one of the most asked questions that I've received from many people is like, 
how do you even get along with them? Isn't that such a different world? Everything used to be so different when we grew up. Even I, as a 32-year-old, I have friends telling me that they don't get this generation, those so-called Gen Zs. So I am really, really interested in, in looking into this topic from a perspective of how can we build bridges instead of feeling like they are way too far um, from our experience and our reality and um, yeah, and just get people together and and do amazing things together, whether it's within a company or outside a company. Um, so yeah, so let's start off maybe with a question into the round, ladies. Um, what has been, maybe we, you could just share your experience. What has been your experience in your respective jobs, in your respective environments? What is the view that people have when it comes to the younger generations? Like, What does it they say about them? <laughs> Can I start, Julia? Yes, please. Now, I think it's really interesting at the moment because there are a lot of perceptions about the younger people around. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of this is based also on hearsay and... Uh, Probably even Vorurteile, what's that in English? Uh, Prejudice. Prejudices, exactly. Mm -hmm. And what I frequently hear is, for example, are the young people, they don't want to work anymore. Yeah. They are just focused on their private life and their hobbies. Yeah, they just want to work part-time anymore. And as soon as they have to do something which they don't like anymore, they are gone. So there is a lot of perception in the older generation uh about the young ones which is definitely not true yeah i mean maybe once in a while you have somebody like this but this is not the general trend i see in the younger people <sighs> when i talk to some of the elder ones i sometimes even have the feeling that they envy the younger ones because it's just so different in how they behave how they shape their own lives and careers compared to how the Uh, elder generation have started their careers that I think to some extent it's a little bit suspicious but also envy uh, which causes those perceptions and prejudices mm -hmm. yeah quite an interesting factor I love how you how you frame this because it's at the same time it's saying that there's it's a misconception it's basically an imagination of people it's what they think people to be which doesn't necessarily correspond to the reality but you also um kind of mentioned and included this this aspect of emotional kind of engagement in the fact that the reason why they want to look at them that way is because they would like to be that person and they would have loved being that person when they were younger that is such a it's such a beautiful paradox actually isn't it right mm -hmm. that you You kind of, I've also noticed that with parents sometimes, you know, in terms of parenting is like they do everything they possibly can for their children so that they have a better life for themselves. Um, but then again, they are disheartened when they see that their children do not act the same way they they do. They don't work as hard. And I'm, I'm not saying that as, an, as a judgment, but that's what I imagine they would say. 
um, they don't work as hard or they don't want to, they're not as um, performant or they don't strive for anything. But then again, they made it possible for them, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Julia, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think it's very interesting, Birgit, how, how you describe it. I think what is also happening a lot is I think there's much more attention to putting generation into the boxes um, than there used to be, at least in my feeling. So there's if, if you Google a lot on Gen Z, I'm not sure if that has been this much before and if it's um, that strong in the media that also has an effect already on itself because people say I'm not this way and it immediately also makes the elderly group different to the younger even though they might not feel different or they don't want to be that different but just by making those differences so clear putting labels on whatever we call it and then set y um, x and and now what's the next one alpha Already by talking and putting this so much into the focus in media, also this has an effect. And, and that lately really made, um, also from the elderly perspective, um, they were saying this also makes me old or feeling old. Also, I'm not feeling that way, but just by talking it and putting those stereotypes in there um, has an effect. And I think this is also important in, in looking in the communication, how yeah we frame it and whether or not we talk inclusive or exclusive and how we frame there our communication mm -hmm. very very true it's about um i like this concept because actually it, it it has to do a little bit of with the topic of diversity i find i think that nowadays we have this trend when we're talking about trends is about saying okay i have to belong to this group because if i belong to a group I have my peers and I am secure and I'm safe and I feel good. But when you do that to a too strong extent, maybe, or that's a question I would like to, to kind of evoke and that we could reflect about together. Um, doesn't that bring about separation more than it does actually bringing people together? Like what would it require to bring people together again mm -hmm. when it comes to that? I think I very, very much, Birgit, is it okay if I just start? Sure, I, I very much like the question because in the end, I think both is helping. I think it's like all our basic needs. We we need connectness and we need freedom and autonomy. And in that, you, you could say everyone would be no, safe or more secure if they have both. Being able to discuss with peers, it doesn't need to be age peers, but like-minded that could mingle um, can help and also if organization if we look from organizational perspective if they really communicate with for example a gen set if a ceo tina muller on on linkedin posted that she had a breakfast with with the younger generation so she kind of focuses at one meeting only no? on on this group and and really goes in the deep discussions so you have a peer group feeling included and and being there and connected But on the other hand, I think the same importance is there to create spaces and dialogues where you don't exclusively invite one cohort or no, could be generation or different um, yeah, characteristics. So I think it's not either or, it's both. Because we all know when, I don't know how we feel with like-minded, um, aged or abroad with people from our own country to speak our own language. That gives a connectness as well. But the other thing, 
being inclusive in the workplace, especially, or in, in groups of people who want to set up some certain goals, can be NGOs or other parts, that's important as well. So I think there's not either or, it's both. Mm -hmm. So I fully agree with you, Julia. Um, I think the key to all this is diversity and inclusion. And for me, when I think about this, because everybody knows what diversity is, uh, most people in the meantime know what inclusion is. Yeah, but it, at the end of the day, it's all hugely connected to a mindset. Yeah, not just fulfilling a certain diversity quota, but from each person in the team, a certain mindset of uh, openness to the other ones. And really a deep desire to understand the other one, yeah, and to take also the perspective of the other one. And for me, sometimes the current discussion is also a bit one-sided, that it's always the elderly who need to understand and integrate the younger ones, yeah, whilst I think, well, it needs both, yeah, it really needs that they come closer to each other, and not just that the elderly accept how the younger ones are. Yeah, for me, there is the need from both sides. Um, and what I always say, in my opinion, one of the key competencies and skills for the future and today already is listening. And it sounds so easy. Yeah. But I tell you in business life, listening is not an easy task because we've all been trained to talk and share what we know and show that we know a lot. <gasps> Whilst the listening element is actually the one that really makes a difference. Yeah. And when I say listening, I don't just mean I hear what you say, but I rather mean I understand what you mean with this. Yeah. And it is, that is why I think, so companies really should invest in those listening skills. For me, it's part of any leadership training. And also uh, for younger people to say, well, always try to understand who you are talking to, yeah, and try to understand what is the intention of that person, yeah. Because my basic assumption always is people act with good intentions. Yeah. And if you, if you create this mindset with people, you already go a very long way in bringing them together. Yeah. I really, really love what you what you said there, Birgit, because um, there's so many aspects in there that I would like to pick up on. One of them saying is, um, what you both mentioned actually, is this concept of um, that you need both, that you cannot have the either or. I think that the either or in our society is one that's very, very dividing. And we need to learn and go back to both can live and coexist in the same um, in the same space and actually need each other. And the image that comes to my mind is always this yin and yang. You know, I think it's so so important that we that we that we do not forget that we need each other and that we need the exchange also within each other for it to be a complete whole picture. And then also with what you mentioned, listening as a, as a core skill. Um, funny enough, to give you a little bit of an example, because I do the intergenerational work on a daily basis, I sometimes really feel like a translator. 
I really feel like I have to kind of translate to to that one person. So listen, he he couldn't, first of all, he couldn't listen to you. Well, fair enough. Okay. But that's actually what he meant. And this is the pressure that this person is under. And that is why he reacted this way or that way. And now think about how you're reacting right now. Aren't you doing the same? Aren't you also not giving him the benefit of the doubt and not listening to his, to what he's actually saying between the lines? Because often, let's be fair, those, the communication, it's not saying what really is happening. Usually when someone's yelling at you, it's because he has way too much stress because that person cannot hold the pressure anymore. And so he's giving the pressure further, which is not good. Let's be fair. I think that we all can agree on that. But I think we really need to learn how to, to listen between the lines. What is the real, as you said, intention, but message behind it. And maybe also um, where is the, the weakness and how can we help each other instead of, of jumping on the fact that you've been, that, that, that the way that this happened wasn't very nice or something like that. I think we need to start building bridges. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think so nicely, as Birgit said, it, it's, it's the perspective trying to, to switch into the other person's perspective. Because it's, it's really what Birgit was saying. Ne? It's this active listening when you also try to understand what, what's inside the head and the mind and, and mm -hmm. the needs of the other person. And, and that I, I really liked from Birgit, how you were describing it. Because um, this is so difficult, especially, as you said, Samantha, when it gets stressful. It's easy when it's 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 at everything is as ease no? and you have a happy dinner but if it gets stressful for whatever reason then it's usually the tricky part to to stay in this setting of open really deep listening mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly yeah and then we are almost almost close to empathy right julia <laughs> when you say take the perspective of the other one try to understand what he or she is thinking or what triggers him then we are in the whole area of empathy and probably also emotional intelligence, uh, which is crucial yeah, at the workplace. Yeah. And, and if I may add, as I just, just out of the, yeah, let's say the fun of it, I um, put into um, chat GPT. Um, I put into um, what is trans um, generational communication and, and what supports them would an um, yeah, IE um, say us and it's so nice they say there's a basic advice but it's so important it's active listening, empathy, respect and open-mindedness so it's those four keywords that was in the AI just as but between knowing and doing there is a huge gap but I just had to do it yesterday so if, if I put it down here on my notes to see it no? it's so interesting we all know it it's even artificial artificial intelligence knows it but doing it is a different thing mm -hmm. so that was just as a side note for our conversation today it's because you brought up empathy and it's, it's only great. respect is so close to it so and all yeah. other things were mentioned so that that was really nice book <laughs> beautiful i just absolutely love first I, first of all i absolutely love that you use chat gpt julia because that is such a i've actually recently explored chat gpt and 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 it's it's crazy what it does right i mean 
amazing. But that will be a whole other chapter. I think we need other to do a separate. Chapter. But you know podcast. what went through my mind now? I just thought, Jesus, I've never used ChatGPT in my life. I'm a total different generation. <laughs> I would not even have thought of this. <laughs> Birgit, wait for it. I will show you <laughs> and I will promise you will never not use it again. It's addictive. Okay. <laughs> It's really bad. <laughs> It's very, very useful, I must say. Yeah. Um, but 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 even and that's maybe where we can we, where we can close the circle to chat GPT and the technological part. And what you've so beautifully mentioned, Julia, as well, is chat GPT knows it, but doing things actually being able to reflect it, to acknowledge it, to mm -hmm. integrate it, to do the next Everything. step and go out and say, I want to do this differently. This is such a long road for so many people. And, and I'm wondering, and that's again a question that we could maybe reflect together. Again, maybe it sounds repetitive, but what does it need for people to do that? What does it need for them to tap into their empathy? What does it need for them to tap into their listening skills and actually listen? I, I always wonder what do people need in order to, to have better human relationships at the end of the day? Because that's, that's what communication is about, is about creating trust, creating a way of, of, of being together and working together. And I think that that's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, so <clears throat> what came to my mind immediately is this safe space that it needs. Yeah. So I've seen teams with a really high degree of psychological safety where those topic was so better managed or actually a non-topic because there was a huge level of trust and openness and also a different level of directness or telling things to each other. Yeah, because you knew we are a team, we trust each other and I can say what is important to me without having the fear what's the consequence of me saying this. Yeah, so I think this sharing room and at the end of the day, actually, this hugely depends on the leader who is leading the team yeah, because he or she has a huge influence of, of the space you are creating for your team. <clears throat> And that's where I really see incredible differences, mm -hmm. both for how the people feel in the teams as well as for the outcomes or results those people are generating. Because to be honest, It's the best that can happen if you have really experienced people and younger ones because both groups, as we talked before about groups already, bring in so many benefits. And if you manage that you can materialize and that the one group even benefits of the advantages of the other one and the other way around, the result you're generating is much better than if you were just a very uniform team. So true. And I Julia, think there's, there's not much to add. So I just want to, to really reinforce because I think that that's then if, if they create as a team a benefit, that that's what most generations want. And we don't need to make differences in generations. Um, I think each one of us wants to have um, 
yeah, an, an input that really creates valuable output for whatever is the goal. And I think this reinforces itself. And there's a nice study from um, Egon Sena and another consultant company. And they say it's about humble leadership. And it's having those also mm -hmm. early on um, persons in your life. It can be anyone, a teacher, a parent, um, your godfather, mother, whatever, that, that has these skills of actively listening to you as a young person or even as an old person, but but really doing this and that also came out of this study and there are no generational differences in having the wish and the one for like the humble leadership um, where you can really yeah, be yourself and it might be difficult for that person to do it to to adapt styles and, and um, no, communication styles etc but that was the result which I really liked you, you, as you said Birgit it's about leadership and creating safe spaces And mm -hmm. having as a team an output that's valuable. So I really like your descriptions in there. I'm actually, when you mentioned humble leadership, the thing that I thought about, and, and it reminds me of, um, I'm a very, very big fan of Brené Brown. People who know maybe my other podcast know that too. <laughs> and I, I really love how um, she talks about brave leadership as well, you know, because it requires a certain stance and a certain capacity to stand in your person to be able to create those safe spaces and also to withstand the fact that you might get criticized as a leader because in order to create those safe spaces that Birgit mentioned, you need to be also able to take feedback and to hear feedback and hear that maybe you were at fault in a situation or maybe you created a, a situation that was unwelcoming or that um, was hurtful maybe even for a person. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, that having the capacity to have tough conversations, like she so rightly says, um, is incredibly incredibly important as well to create those safe spaces that, that we mm -hmm. mentioned. Mm -hmm. I fully agree. Yeah. But now you brought in a new aspect, Samantha. It's the feedback aspect. Huh? I guess ah. there's, there's quite some intergenerational difference. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. And that is a skill that is not taught. How to give feedback Sometimes, yes, but how to receive feedback mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. That is something that people, they, they, they always feel like they need, especially the young ones. I've noticed that as well. It's something that I focus a lot on in my workshops is how do you receive feedback? When somebody mm -hmm. tells you, well, have you thought about that? Could you answer this question? They immediately take it as an attack. So what does this say about our society? Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. I fully agree to you. And the aspect that I find also so interesting that, that I see a big difference intergenerational because, for example, when I started my career, there was this annual performance review, literally annual. Yeah. So once a year, you knew now I sit down with my boss and now I get feedback. Yeah. There was no talk about you providing feedback to your boss. And then sometimes you got feedback, yeah, four months ago in this and this meeting, you could have done better. But in general, it's okay. Yeah. Um, and I think the younger generation, not, not I think, I'm convinced the younger generation comes with a totally different expectation in terms of 
frequency of feedback, yeah, they expect to get spontaneous, immediate feedback, yeah, not just what could you have done better, but what did I do really well? <gasps> Often in the elderly generation, no feedback is positive feedback. Yeah, and then also this, who provides feedback? Yeah, in the past times, it was the boss who provided feedback to his employee. Yeah, there's a total change now that feedback should always be both ways. Yeah, from from both to to each other, and in a much higher frequency than it was used in the previous days. And I think this is also what many companies I know focus on also developing their leaders that what is feed feedback how often do you provide feedback how do you provide feedback and also how do you take feedback yeah and well, for me the the other aspect giving feedback receiving feedback asking for feedback is for me the third element which is also really important and which the younger generation does often much more naturally because they have a deep desire to get to know. So how do I stand? How am I performing? Yeah. How was this what I did? And I think inherently it has to do also with the wish to learn, no? to improve, to learn, mm -hmm. to, to get better. Because that that's what what everyone wants. No? But what is requested now more and more also, I think, um, from the younger generation, really clearly to say okay where can I develop how can I develop what can I learn where can I have an impact etc so I think this this is the goal of the feedback it's not the feedback in itself it's what you said standing knowing where I stand but as a second step also in okay where can I improve what can I do how can I do it who can mentor me who can help me and I, I fully agree Julia yeah that's really nicely worded That's just, and that is so true. You know, that's what they're looking for. It's it, it's exactly what they're looking for. They're just looking for someone to, and I'm really careful about the choice of my words right now. They're not looking for someone to hold their hands, but they're looking for someone to give them guidance. Mm -hmm. And and that's a fair ask, I find. How is that not a fair ask to ask for guidance when it comes to wanting to develop um, your product or wanting to know whether this marketing strategy could work or not. I mean, guidance is one of the most essential things that we could ask for, you know? So um, that's the experience that I've made, that if you provide the guidance, if you take the time and really invest in the development of their potential, they will be fire for you. And they also have a very strong sense of loyalty, actually. That's something I've noticed. It's maybe they won't be able to, maybe they will not stick to your company forever and ever, um, but they will be loyal to you as a person. I find that it's not so much the company that they will ever be loyal to. It's to the person that invested and took the time to, to help them develop themselves. That's the experience I've made. Maybe to like circle back a little bit to also, again, the, this intergenerational topic. I feel like we've already discussed a lot, a lot about, um, so where do the misconceptions come from? So from one perspective, the misconceptions from the elderly and 
um, also what it means for the company, if um, how they can lead maybe younger generations. But I really liked, we, I think we, we just looked at it very shortly, but I would like to go back to it a little bit. Um, the younger generations, what would you say are their needs from your perspective? Well, I, I can start it's and I wouldn't dare to answer that there is this one need. I would say open the dialogue because do we talk about which country, um, which person, where are they, what age group, what background they are in? And we would need to talk to them and not about them mm. and with them. And and that would be my yeah, quick thought and, and that's coming to my mind. There are, of course, if interviews are done also in studies, then we can have an output that might be the real one, but it might not fit to the person we are talking with. So um, it's good to look at those research, but it's also good to look into which area you are. No? Is it a recruitment you want to do? Then you can make certain assumptions and you need to make certain assumptions to attract certain no? new colleagues. But if you ask on individuals, I would say we need to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, there is one aspect. And I know it's being so much talked about in the meantime, but I still believe that it's a really important aspect and is this whole aspect around purpose. <sighs> Because there I do see a strong need in the younger generations. Yeah. And I think everybody of us has a need around purpose. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's only the younger ones, but I think for the younger ones, it's even much more important. And I think that they take decisions based off what's the purpose of what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's on the one hand on the larger scale. So what's the purpose of my organization? But very much also on this individual scale. What's the purpose of what I'm doing here every day? Yeah, And there I also see a difference because when I was younger, I don't recall so much that I asked myself, what's the purpose of what I'm doing here? And that I struggled less to do something, even if I thought, but it is stupid now, but I went through it. Yeah, And luckily, the younger generation is different. Yeah, I think they challenge a lot more. This may be cumbersome for the line managers again because it requires discussion and reflection and maybe changing of how something is being done. But I think they are absolutely right. And I love it <laughs> that it is that way. <laughs> so oh, it's a pain and a game <laughs> in many instances, <laughs> but it's for a better outcome. Exactly. And, and it is about the outcome at the end of the day. I think that we're not doing ourselves as a society a good deed if we continue to just focus on the fact that we don't understand each other and that there is a generational gap and that there are lots of misunderstandings between generations. Um, instead, we should be thinking about how we can can we bridge those gaps How can we establish a form of communication that gets us the same wished outcome? Because at the end of mm -hmm. the day, I do not think that there is such a big difference in the, the wishes for the outcome. Yeah. I, yeah. 
Yeah. I think there's maybe one one little piece that I, I see at least doesn't need to be true for everyone is but also the wish for answers sooner. There used to be a time when you say, okay, we talk about, let's call it promotion in half a year or in a year. That's not an answer somebody would wait for now. They would be pushing and asking again. And it's not about promotions. It's just one example. It's really having those answers now and and staying in the discussion and not just saying, okay, leave it. It's okay to wait another year. Mm-hmm. Um, the time frame might have shifted. It's an assumption, but that I, I see sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that urgency is linked to... It's linked to the the circumstances that they grow up in. You know, I, I hear that so often that people wonder, well, is this world gonna exist? You know, where where we have targets that we have to meet, because otherwise this world will be able to persist the way it is. You know, and I do think that maybe that's also where part of that pressure comes from, to have those immediate answers. Mm-hmm. But what I think I've learned as well as as someone who who has also wanted to always have very quick answers and, and very quick results. I, I can totally identify with what you just mentioned, Julia, Julia you know, um, is that you have to take out the pace. You know, it, you don't get the answers by, by increasing pressure. You get the answers by stopping and listening, like we've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies, I feel like we could talk endlessly, (laughs) Um, but I think that we already have the time is slowly going, uh, getting to an end. We actually initially wanted to do a two-parter, but I really didn't want to interrupt the flow of this conversation because it was just so beautiful, all the ideas that were bouncing in the room. And uh, I feel like there's so much to to take away already from from what we've produced so far um, and from the content that we've discussed so far. So maybe I would like to ask you for some closing words and uh, maybe a message you would like to to give either to the older generations in in, um, parenthesis or maybe to the younger generations or just to overall humanity as a whole. Um, And then we would come to our close. Who would like to start? So thanks a lot to both of you. Julia, for bringing in so interesting aspects. It was really a joy to discuss this. And Samantha for the excellent questions and helping me also to see this topic from various perspectives that I didn't even think of before. So there was also quite some learning in for me today. Thanks a lot. Uh, and now after this uh, intense conversation with you, yeah, I think what sticks to me is still this aspect of openness for each other. Mm. And consciousness, consciousness also for each other and for the situation you are in. Because there is not one fits all. I think it really requires all of us. There are so many changes. And it's not just these generational topics. There's changes all around. And the more conscious we are and the more open we are also for other perspectives, the better it will be for all of us. Beautiful words. Thank you so much, Birgit. 
Yeah, Julia. very nicely framed. Hard to add anything to it. Um, of course, I want to thank you both as well. Um, very nice discussion. And and just as a small sidestep, it's really to see w when is there connection. So also connection when when you have certain inclusive groups that are similar. When that helps um, to set that up to have a safe space first. And when it's good to have this open space where you connect people from different angles, we talked now generations, but it can be other aspects, and having those both um, at the right timing. And that's not easy to establish to design as organizations or in other contexts, but that's something I would like to add. So thank you both very much for today. Well, ladies, I can only really reflect that joy that you've given me with this conversation. I, there's nothing, or not nothing, but there's not many things I love to do more than have these kinds of exchanges and conversations. That's why I love podcasting so much. So thank you for bringing your wholehearted self here to the table, your conscious selves to this table. Thank you for listening to each other. Thank you for sharing all your know-how from oh so many years of experience I mean if we put all that together and count it together I mean it's almost a lifetime <laughs> what we have here on the table so um, we really really hope that you've enjoyed it as well for the community out there that's listening to it and um, if you wish to contact us any of us whether it's Birgit, Julia or me um, feel free to hop on to LinkedIn. We will be linking in your, your profiles, of course, into the show notes. And uh, of course, also check out Conscious Consulting Group um, because we're all somewhat involved <laughs> over there. And uh, yes, you will hear maybe if this podcast episode becomes popular, you will hear a lot more from us. So I wish you all a beautiful day. Mm -hmm.